Hello, and welcome back to our podcast series on the brand new America's Cup boat, the AC-75. I'm Mark Chisnell, and I'm back here with Ben Ainsley, who I'm sure you all know is team principal and skipper of Ineos Team UK, the British challenger for the 36 America's Cup. We're going to talk a little more about the AC-75, the boat that will be used in the next cup match, and start to unpick some of the technical and design challenges involved in preparing and sailing these boats. Let's get started. Ben, you've already said in previous podcasts that one of the biggest engineering challenges will be building quick, efficient, and simple control systems for both the sails and the foils. Now, this is one of the most complex areas of the rules. The sections that cover it include control systems, hydraulic control circuits, electrical and electronic systems, electronic control circuits, the instrumentation and logging system, the crew information system, and the foil cant system. And that little lot takes up 12 pages of the 67-page rule. And that's without getting into the interpretations. Now, I've got some electronics background from my time as a navigator, but neither of us is really claiming to be a hydraulics engineer, so we could go off the reservation and end up pretty lost deep in the weeds here. To avoid that, I want to try to talk about how these control systems impact on the sailors. So the first point really is about power generation. In the last cup, all the power to move the sails and foils came from the crew. What's the deal? Well, it's slightly different this time around uh, in that the AC-75 requires the sailors to power the control of the, uh, of the soft wing mainsail and, and, the, and the headsail. And the, the foils or hydrofoils run off batteries. So we're given a minim, minimum number of batteries. Um, we're allowed to add more, but um, that'll add weight. And be, because it's so tough to build these boats within the maximum weight rule, we, we really don't want to do that. So <laughs> once again, it, it comes down to having super fit sailors and, and efficient control systems so that we can uh, you know, really push the boat to its limits, but uh, keep, con- keep control of of the sail shapes, the, the roll control in particular, and uh, you know, sail the boat flat out. All right, so let's pick up the f- as the first of those points, the, the physical demands on the crew. Um, you said it's going to be tough again. Can you give us a little more detail on that? Well, yeah, it, it is. It's undoubtedly going to be really tough on, on the crew. Um, it's a little bit more complex uh, this time around because the... Um, you know, the physical effort was much more, well, as we saw with the, with, with the Kiwis eventually getting into the cyclos, but it was much more like a time trial or a rowing race than, than anything compared to previous America's Cups. And, uh, you know, this time around the physical work will change again with, I think, more raw power at, at peak levels required as you go through that, uh, the, the trimming of the sails, uh, you know, particularly if you, you can imagine gusty, shifty conditions which we expect to see from time to time in, in New Zealand then the uh, the crew will be constantly trimming powering the, the trim of those sails and uh, and having to having to move across the boat as well to help with with um, you know potentially uh, sail hoists and drops um, and also the writing moment of this boat you know how, how much will the crew move from side to side so there's quite a lot to go into this yet, and you know that that deck layout, um, the layout of the winches, the pedestals, is something that's um, a really interesting focus uh, for I'm sure for all of the teams as they're coming into the design of the second boat, the race boat, and um, trying to work out just what the requirements of the crew are for the style of racing. So 
do you think we'll see anything different in power generation this time around? Um, obviously, the cyclos came out last time. Um, are we going to see anything really novel this time around? I don't. Th I don't think so. I think well, the, the rule is is clearly written specifically to force out uh, cyclos um, and to try and implement traditional grinding pedestals. Um, so it'll be. I think it'll be hard to find a way around that, but it doesn't mean that there isn't some. So the, there's a lot of interesting work being done to uh, uh, to work out how best to optimize the power of, of the sailors. And as I said, with the with the the deck layout and the pedestal layout and um, the systems around that, in the weight of the systems. So there's a lot to consider um, in in all of this to get the. Most efficient use of the of the sailor's power, and uh, something that you know keeps the weight of the systems down, and uh, <laughs> gives you gives you ultimate control. So uh, the power goes into the hydraulic system, and um, as the saying goes, the power is nothing without control. Um, that's then got to be applied to a whole lot of different parts of the boat to control sail shape and foil position. Uh, you've also got the electrical power there from the batteries uh, to call on for the uh, hydrofoils and the sailing crew have to control all that power somehow to trim the sails and foils. Now in the last cup we saw some different approaches to how that was done. There were twist grips on the wheels and the Kiwis had the touchscreen device for the pilot to control the foils. Now this touchscreen is probably a good place to start because if uh, we're to believe the rumors the Kiwis used a follow the dot system for their foil trimmer. Can you explain to us a little bit about what that's all about? Yeah, so l last time the rule tried to prevent the control of the boat by an autopilot, but they wanted it to be a sailing race that human sailors could win or lose. Um, however, the rule only forbid direct control, and so that effectively left a loophole that allowed a, an autopilot to display its output, and by that I mean that what, it, what the autopilot thinks the force should be doing to optimise performance, and the sailors were then able to to control the foil to mimic that output uh, by following the dot on a screen. And this time around, the Kiwis have reinforced the original intention to stop the boats being sailed by autopilots by delaying the instrument data that appears on the displays that the sailors see. It, it goes through what we call a media box, so there's a, there's a short time delay there. So even if you were to run an autopilot and show its output, for the crew to follow it, it would be a second or so behind the action. And, and that's a long time in a foiling boat. So, because clearly the intention is that that delay, to, combined with a lot of other detail rules that prevent the crew information system, i.e. the displays on the boat, from knowing anything about the boat state, is intended to prevent teams from running effective autopilots. So that really means that it will be even more important for the crew to have some slick ways to control the boat, uh, what is called these days the, the human machine interface, or HMI, what we used to call the wheel. Um, now, the wheel you, you will use to steer the boat is an example um, of this HMI. Can you tell us anything about the wheel you will use on board? Not, not really. <laughs> um, no, I, can't, I, I mean, it, it, it's, again, yeah, that was a really interesting uh, development in the last cup. A lot more um, HMI, as you, as you referred to it, um, for all, all of the sailors on board the boat. And certainly for the, for the helmsman steering the boat in the last cup. Um, you know, apart from in the well, the Kiwi boat also had the ability to control the foils from from the wheel. But um, most of the other teams, ourselves included, the, the helmsman was controlling the foil rate from from the steering wheel and, and some of the other controls. Um, 
and then this time around you know that will be that that is the potential um for the for the helmsman to be able to do that to be able to uh, control the wind control and the the um, flap control um and other controls on the boat but we've got more crew this time around and so you know it's easier to see how those jobs could be split and so that you have perhaps um, more focus on key areas so that you know say a helmsman for example concentrating on steering the boat fast in the, in the right direction isn't distracted by by other control roles and you know that's again something that's been developed I'm sure all the, all the teams are developing as we go through this cycle trying to work out how you use your 11-man crew resource and split those roles up to um, to get the right energy uh, power development and focus on controlling the sails steering the boat and uh, keeping the boat you know steady in its in its uh, ideal um, foiling moment so i mean anyone who sailed a, a dinghy where they've ever handed the main sheet over to the crew uh, or the helmsons handed the main sheet over to the crew will have seen this issue at, you know the, the gust hits there's two ways to react you can luff up or ease the main if you both you know, two separate people do the same thing at the same time, you roll into windward. So you've got that problem magnified by, well, maybe 11 at least, because there's, there's more controls plus more crews. Um, how do you go about keeping everybody on the same channel, on the same page, and reacting, just one person reacting, the or, or several people reacting exactly the right amount to keep the boat on its feet? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. And you've got to, you've got to um, have the right, the right people, the right skill set, the right control and ultimately it comes down to a lot of time on the water practicing the trimming of the sails the steering the boat the control of the foils to to have everything perfectly lined up and we do rely on 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 guidance you, you know we talked about an autopilot auto you know an autopilot as such is is, is not allowed under the rules but there are certain prompts which help the key people in those trimming roles, steering roles, to um, to, to have the the boat in in close to its its optimised um, position uh, or trim, and uh, and then it's around you know your natural instinct still as a sailor looking at the wind on the water coming, either increase or pressure or shifts or sea state, and and also the manoeuvring that's about to come up and then coordinating all of that so it's a sort of choreography of the of the whole sailing team that will keep this boat sailing sailing fast and, and maneuvering well and, and and racing well so it's it's it comes it's great because it really comes back to a full team effort and that's that's what you want to see in any any sport yes because it's interesting that one of the things that people missed when we went to the multi-hulls was the big choreograph set pieces 16 crew dip pole jives you know jibe set at the top mark and you know all that kind of really big chore choreographed stuff there will be just as much coordination required this time if not more because um, things are going to happen so much faster but it will be a lot less visible no I think you're right I mean there's some great memories from the version 5 days and the, the, the amazing crew work that was required to power those boats around the course and sails up up and down and uh, all sorts of crazy crazy maneuvers in the, in the really tight match racing that we saw um, I think with this boat it will you know remains to be seen how much we're changing sails during during a race or not and how much we're moving the crew from side to side 
um, for sure the, the timing, the choreography of the, of the crew, um, when they make decisions, when they make changes to the setup of the boat will be absolutely critical. It just, as you say, it may not be as, as obvious on these boats as perhaps it was in the slower version 5 boats. So, um, one last question. Can you tell us anything about what the HMI does actually look like on this boat? Um, not really, and uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you don't get, don't get uh, to see, see too much of it. Um, having said that, I'm sure uh, the, the reconnaissance guys from the other teams will, will be trying their best, very best to get, get a look at the action. Um, but yeah, it's high-tech stuff. It's really cool. Um, developing that is something that's really interesting uh, from a sailing perspective, design perspective. Um, we've got some really, really smart guys here helping us um, have the best possible systems uh, to guide us to make the right decisions as sailors and, and uh, control the boat, like I say, control the boat to uh, as near as possible to its optimum. All right, so there's going to be a lot of pouring over um, grainy high-res um, blown-up photos in the, yeah. in the coming months. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> we've hit the, the limits here, the non-disclosure limits, so we'll stop there. Thanks, Ben, that was great. Um, don't forget, again, that if you've got a question for Ben about the AC75, um, do get on any of the team's social media channels and let us know. Just make sure you use the hashtag AC75podcast. Again, that's all for this month. See you back here soon.